We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice, <laughs> and probably some unabashed homerism from, well, both Matt and myself. I'm your host, Stefan LeCoe, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay. I like that you added that in there, Matt. That's, that's pretty good. We have a lot to get into, so we can uh, get, get right to things, but I, I will say the homerism... Uh, could be flowing pretty great because today we're bringing you uh, some conference previews for Debbie purposes. We're going to get into the Pac-12 and SEC today. Uh, we'll probably do the Big Ten in ACC next. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what order we're going in next, but Pac-12 gives me the opportunity to be a homer. You you won't be able to as much today, but uh, but other than uh, you know all the craziness that's happening in the world of college football right now. We're going to get into that in a second. How are you doing today, man? What's, what's going on in your world? Uh, life's pretty good. I went, I have a new day job. I uh, have a new baby. The baby's been around a little bit at this point. It's not something that's new, I guess. I still, my life is controlled by a 14 pound human being, which is, it's just a weird feeling, but you know yes. what? Love the little dude more than everything more than Ohio State. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been a crazy ride and fun, I guess. <laughs> Here's the question then. If you love him more than you love Ohio State, 
if he decides to become a Michigan fan, hate him. What happens then? (laughs) No, I mean, gone. He's allowed to go to Michigan, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make him hate Michigan, um, which won't be hard because Michigan is terrible. And they'll be in the uh, the AAC by the time he's eligible. Yeah, for, let's be um... real. But by that point, <laughs> we'll have like four conferences. There'll be like 62 teams each, and it'll be great. Yeah. I had a good week. I uh, became a U.S. citizen on Monday. So 19 years mm-hmm. and since I got my green card. You're legally required to carry your green card around with you at all times. Uh, I also like happen to be very... Uh, forgetful and I lose my wallet all the time. So I would get stressed. Like I'd leave a restaurant and be like, shit, my wallet's still there. Go and be like, my green card is in my wallet. I could, I, if someone takes it, I'm so screwed. I'm going to be deported. Um, and now I don't have to worry about that anymore. So it's good. I'm a U.S. citizen, very excited. And yeah, it was fun, fun week for me. A couple parties, uh, you know, keeping it safe, but definitely uh, drinking a little bit too much. So pretty tired this week. Um, but uh, all for good reason. Uh, let's get into it. We kind of hinted it off the top. Some big freaking news this week. Of course, you've all already heard about it. It's been kind of, uh, it was kind of leaked uh, a week ago, I guess, maybe even a little bit earlier. Uh, but today it became official. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas will be joining the SEC at some point. Uh, we don't really need to break it all down because everyone's already heard it. Uh, but I'd like to just hear your thoughts on it, Matt. Like, do you like this for college football? Do you like this for Oklahoma and Texas? Like, what's your takeaway uh, when looking at this news? What do you think? I mean, as someone who's not a fan of the NCAA, I'm okay with the NCAA potentially disappearing. Um, I hope that through this process, it doesn't just destroy group of five teams. Like, I do sort of hope that there's I wouldn't mind it if like the AAC were to rise out of this and become like the new fifth conference, become their own super conference. I don't hate the idea of the Pac-12 picking up a bunch of cool teams. Like, I mean, it makes too much sense. Texas Tech should go um, over to the Pac-12. That makes sense to you? Texas Tech to the Pacific 12? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Change the, as long as they change the fucking name, then, like, it's terrible. It drives me crazy. Don't change name. Just call them the Western. Like, if we're going to end up in a big four super conferences, call it like the Southeastern Conference can stay. Atlantic Coast Conference can stay. Uh, Big 10 is, I mean, they've forgotten how to count anyway. So, whatever. (laughs) Leave it 10, even when there's 22 teams in it or something. And just call it like, Everybody else, the Western side of the United States conference thing. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think that we're going to get more good football games. Like we're going to get a random game in the middle of um, October. That's Oklahoma and LSU. How much fun is that going to be? I mean, I can't sit here and say, I mean, from a purely Homer perspective here, it's going to make Ohio state's job really hard because now, you, you don't get to say like, oh, well, they only play in the Big 12. And when we're going to try and poach kids out of Texas, like it's going to become more difficult. Yeah, from recruiting, and yeah. Ohio State's, I, I mean, that's kind of the, the one negative from an Ohio State perspective. But the reality is, I, I mean, the SEC is going to be really, really fun to watch. And as someone who just likes, I mean, I'm not the type of person who won't turn on a game. Like I will 100% turn on any game. Right. So... 
for me, I'm, I'm all about seeing more good football. And I think in this situation, I'm really okay with that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about the money for these schools. It's, I was a little bit surprised just from like a competitive standpoint though, because Texas can't even hold their own right now in the big 12. They're going to get rocked in the sec, but from a financial perspective, of course it makes a ton of sense. Um, I do hate central, like just from a, like I'm a geography nerd. I grew up like traveling the globe. So like geography is a big deal to me. So I, I jokingly earlier was saying, as long as they change the, the names, I, I actually, that does bother me. Like I hate that the Southeastern conference has like, teams from central like United States. Like it drives me insane. Anyway, that's not important. Um, I, my, my first reaction was like, this is stupid. I hate this. Uh, but the more I thought about it, the more kind of like, I'm, it, I'm kind of neutral towards it. The big 12 wasn't really all that exciting anyway. Uh, I it's, I'm curious to see if the, the eight remaining teams uh, end up trying to bring in a few, like a Cincinnati and an SMU type thing, or if they decide to uh, just not decide to, but have to disband all that stuff will be, you know, coming up in the future. So uh, it's all speculation at this point, but it'll be interesting. And uh, I think, yeah, to your point, there'll be a lot of fun games. I do think that like Ohio state's path or other teams, Oregon, you know, pick your non sec school, their path to the playoff might become a little bit easier because you're going to have these teams just, even more so beating up on each other. Now Oklahoma doesn't just play one super hard game every year. Uh, they're going to have like six or seven really tough games. Like their their path got a lot more difficult. So uh, I think it'll be fun. Like I said, a lot of great games. Uh, but I do think uh, from recruiting and all that, it'll be really interesting to see what takes place. I feel like we're kind of entering this whole new world uh, with recruiting, like between the transfer rules that have changed over the past few years. Uh, now we have name, image, and likeness stuff that we're going to get into here in just a second. Um, and now uh, with, you know, the super conference, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out um, for not only the teams in the SEC, but also uh, the teams that are, you know, recruiting up against the SEC, like your Ohio States, who has not seemed to have any problems bringing in the, the best talent. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but speaking of Ohio State, speaking of name, image, and likeness, there's some Quinn Ewers uh, news that you wanted to hit real quick, too. So Quinn Ewers, a, a report came out yesterday from Yahoo Sports that Quinn Ewers was leaning towards skipping his senior year and enrolling in Ohio State in August. Um, so the reasoning behind it is basically that in Texas, they're not allowed to, basically they can't make any money off their name, image, and likeness in the state of Texas as long as they're in high school. So when they... For, from his perspective, he is apparently seeing the opportunities to make upwards of seven figures. That's crazy. Um, which is bonkers. Um, but so from his advice, it's a, do I wait the six months? Can I just go and do it now and get that money locked in while it's out there? From an Ohio State perspective, it's really bad. Um, and it sounds crazy to say that getting... This number one all-world prospect is really bad, but Ohio State was sort of figuring out a rhythm. In 2022, they were going to take the number one overall quarterback, number one overall player. They were likely going to skip the 2023 class from recording, recruiting a quarterback or just bring in like a stopgap guy as a backup. And then in 2024, they were going to shoot their shot with this kid, Jaden Davis, because they assumed that they were going to lose I pretty much, if Kyle McCord wins the job this year, 
then they assume they were going to lose CJ Stroud and Jack Miller. If CJ Stroud wins it, then they assume they're going to lose um, McCord and um, Jack Miller. And then Ewers, if he basically can't beat out whoever. Um, it's essentially just a weird scenario where Quinn Ewers is going to get on campus where there are going to be four, if he could joins in August, there are going to be four quarterbacks at Ohio State who all have freshman eligibility. Yeah. And it's just, it's sort of a nightmare logistical scenario because you now have to completely redo your, um, your entire plan. So, I mean, no one should feel bad for Ohio State. Basically, boo-hoo, they're going to get one of their choice of three five-star quarterbacks to start. And, right. <laughs> I mean, great. So, but from a logistical standpoint, it, this is going to be a spot where Ryan Day is going to have to, I mean, figure things out really fast. And I think the answer, I, I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks, he Quinn Ewers just says, it's probably better for me to go out and get high school reps to play football, continue to build up my abilities rather than sit at Ohio State and then join Ohio State in January because he does have the ability to graduate early. So uh, it'll be interesting, but. It's interesting, like comparing it to like what Jaden Blue, the running back who we've talked about a couple weeks ago, who is committed to the Texas Longhorns. He's just skipping his senior season uh, just to get ready so he doesn't get injured, but it's for completely different reasons. Like he's not going to, join the Longhorns he's just skipping it's just interesting how how it plays out in different ways for these different players and the ramifications that it has not only um for these players but also the the, like to your point like the the teams that are trying to plan their recruiting schedule it's it's really interesting um but yeah uh the name image and likeness stuff I think is going to bring up especially the first couple years when when these young players are trying to figure out like how they can best profit off of it um, it's going to be interesting until like there's been enough other people that have gone ahead that have kind of been like, hey, this is this is the best way to maximize it while also getting um, getting to play and protecting yourself and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now. Uh, we're going to get the uh, the enjoyable part of listening to our sponsors out of the way now. And then we're going to jump into our conference Debbie previews, starting with the Pac-12. Um, And then, of course, uh, finishing off the show with the SEC. So we'll be back with you in about a minute. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. All right, welcome back. Let's get into it. We've got a lot of great players to talk about when it comes to the SEC and a lot of okay players to talk about when it comes to the Pac-12. Uh, but let's start with the Pac-12. Uh, I have an article up on the Rotoviz website. I was a, I was lucky enough, actually, um, I, I, I begged Travis. I said, Travis, I think we need to do some conference previews. I'd like to start with the Pac-12 uh, because that's where all my... Well, where my favorite team is. So so I got us rolling with the article. You can find it over on the Debbie section. Um, I know Matt's Big Ten article is coming out later this week. Uh, good to it's have you so back long. in the writing in the writing room, my man. I apologize in advance. I will say read it in a couple of shifts um, on mine. It's really long. Uh, I should not have volunteered to do the Big Ten. <laughs> Mostly, I mean, because I'm... I, I'm an admitted homer, and the problem at hand is that there's a lot of really good Ohio State prospects, um, and I'm sitting there like feeling like I'm barely writing anything about these players, and I look down, and I'm at 2,100 words, right. and I'm just like, this is like my third longest article ever. Um, <laughs> well, so there's I mean, a, it's it not just homerism, though, dude. Like Ohio State has one of the top recruiting classes. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course, they're going to have a lot to write about. Like they've been killing it recruiting. They have a lot of really high end players, so much so that their some of their wide receivers are transferring out to go to other places, you know, to find playing time. And they're going to elite they're school. Not just transferring to other places, Alabama. They're transferring to Alabama, yeah. freaking Bama. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, for good reason you had to write. But, um, but let's go. Let's talk. Let's let's go position by position. Uh, let's start at quarterback. There's there's really two guys that that, that are, are worthy of talking about. Um, we have our over at Rotoviz. We have our 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 rankings. Um, Travis May, Matt Wispay, myself, and Curtis Patrick. Um, of course, are the the rankers over on the Debbie and our QB five consensus QB five 19 overall uh, Kidon Slovis from USC. Uh, he took over after JT Daniels injury and then JT, of course, transferred out to Georgia and uh, Slovis that first year was just really, really impressive. Um, he, he was dominant as a freshman, completed nearly 72% of his passes. Uh, he had a 30 to nine touchdown interception ratio. 
But then last year we saw a drop in efficiency. It was a weird year with COVID. I mean, even that first game against Arizona State, they just looked really, really rough. I remember uh, you and I, we had both um, stacked a lot of the uh, the USC guys in DFS, and we were both pretty disappointed in it. Uh, so so what are your thoughts say, on Kadon Slovis? Uh, I hate him. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's a great prospect. I think he's probably my fourth or fifth QB in the class. Uh, I'm not a fan of... Not just overall. You're talking about even in 2022. 2022 eligible quarterback. Yeah, in 2022. Wow. And yeah. beyond that, he's much lower. Um, I'm just not... I'm not a fan of really statue QBs, um, particularly ones who come from a system like this, which is always going to put up video game members. The one defense to Kadon Slovis for his last year um, regression um, is there's a lot of reports that he was pretty injured for right. most of the year. So I hope we see some type of... Re- type of return to form. My only issue I have with people who like really point his numbers at me. Yes. He's really good. You're going to find, we really like his wide receivers. Right. Um, and I think that plays a big part in it. And I mean, that system really does. Like, I, I don't like just negating someone cause they play in a system because obviously Patrick Mahomes played in a system like this and he's really good, but I mean, it, it's a system built to put up video game numbers and his numbers that were video game like, and we're all just like, ooh, pretty. So uh, we don't need to spend a ton of time on Kadan because he's not either of our favorite quarterbacks in the conference. Right. What, what do you think? I, I think, in, in the in the article, I projected him to get like mid to late first round draft capital. Uh, do you think that's accurate? So here's my issue. It pro- I mean, so I'm not saying where do you think he should be drafted? I'm asking where no, do no. you think he will be drafted? Uh, later, uh, probably third or fourth round. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and my only reasoning for that is not because of I don't think he's that talented. It's because we do this every year where we start to say there's going to be seven QBs drafted in the first round because someone at 19 is also going to pick a quarterback and someone at 22 is going to pick a quarterback. Really, it's if they don't go top 10, you maybe get one in the back half of the draft typically. And then all of a sudden... Everyone's like, oh, well, this guy's a second-round quarterback, and that second-round quarterback falls to the third. Sure. And then the guy that you thought was going to be the third now falls to the fourth. And it's just this weird, like, teams don't – good teams don't need quarterbacks, and the teams that need quarterbacks take them top ten. So I had this issue with a player in mine, uh, Graham Mertz, where I said, he's honestly – he's either going to be, like, top 15 pick or late day two. And it's a weird spot. I think it's probably the right projection for him. Um, I think that teams like him a lot. Yeah. I've, I've heard positive things around draft people about Slovis. I don't know. For me, he's going to need another really productive year. And I I, I, well, that- I think he's probably, he caps out at like QB 3-4 for me in the class. And truthfully, I just see him more... He'll, he'll be like Mac Jones. He'll be the guy that you like want to like, but then you can't. Here, well, we don't like Mac Jones because he's a racist. <laughs> anyway, oh, let's not do that. Oh, my bad. Uh, quick question. Last question on Slovis. If you, if I had to take out like the middle ground, like if you had to choose, you think he has a huge breakout, uh, comeback type year or another disappointing year you have to choose one option great or bad Wait, are you asking me not to hedge i'm asking like, you we talk about this i don't hedge. <laughs> yeah so so i'm guessing based on what you've said if you had to put money on slovis's outcome you would put money that he has a disappointing year 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, because I think the expectation for him is a, a pretty ridiculous season. I think the expectation is that somehow USC is this like legitimate contender in the Pac-12 and it's largely on the back of him. And I just, I don't see that happening. I think likely he is a, he's probably the second best quarterback in the Pac-12, which is not a huge accomplishment. Okay. Do you think there's any chance, any chance that Jackson Dart or Miller Moss take over for him at any point this year? No. Okay. Outside of injury, of course. Okay, let's I mean, move. barring injury. Yeah. Let's move on to the only other like quarterback that we have ranked in the top, um, you know, 100. 60. Um, and that's Jaden Daniels. Like, I, I really like, I talked about him a little bit with Travis on the College to Canton podcast. Jaden Daniels, Arizona State. You, let's be fair, though. You were on to Jaden before I was. You were the one who got me excited about him. That and watching him so just mean. eviscerate my ducks. But uh, last year was weird. They only played four games. Uh, but he he really showed off his dual threat uh, potential in those four games, more so than he did um, in his first year. He, he had over... Uh, 220 yards and four rushing touchdowns in just those in those four games. So so really looked good. Um, if you look at his uh, career numbers, he's been really good. 22 touchdowns to three interceptions. I mean, just incredible stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jaden Daniels? Do you think he could make the jump to being a guy that threatens uh, Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell to be one of the first quarterbacks taken in the upcoming draft next year? I want him to, but I don't think he will. Um, there's a really big knock on him. Size. It's that he looks like he's about. It's about. A, he looks like he's about 170 pounds, and he's like six two. Um, if he were two thirty and doing everything he was doing, he'd be the number one quarterback in this draft, and no one would even be debating it. He is really, really good. Um, if he comes out and looks a little bit thicker this year and has a little bit of like continue to do the successful things that we like about him. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think Jaden Daniels can make a leap. Um, the unfortunate thing for him is that now beyond the Spencer Rattler, Sam, Sam Howe, Slovis that we're always talked about, he's now competing with the Carson strong Malik Willis right, range, right. which we're not super high on either one of them, but at the same time, they're just other guys. And unfortunately for Daniels, he's, probably very similar to Malik Willis and it's going to be their, their comparison will be very similar. So, um, I mean, Jaden Daniels was one of the top scoring players in Travis's new metric. And there's a reason it's because he's really good and he's mobile and he provides a lot of upside. So I really like Daniels. I think there's an opportunity for him to make a leap and could be, he should be one of the guys that people are considering for the, like come out of nowhere player. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's only a come out of nowhere player if you don't play Debbie, right? <laughs> or you don't follow recruiting, or if you're not doing um, DFS because he he puts up some nice numbers in DFS yeah, too. So I, I'm a big fan of Jane Daniels. I just took him in my uh, college fantasy dynasty league that I my startup I'm doing, um, and I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I really like him, and I I he would be of the Pac-12 quarterbacks. He's my favorite by a pretty wide margin. So okay, yeah. Well, you know Ty Thompson's mind, but of the ones that are actually starting this year, <laughs> I agree. Anthony Brown. Yeah, Anthony Brown starting. Uh, no, Jaden Daniels is my favorite from a like this year production and 
where I think he's going to be drafted. I, I had him uh, going in the first round as well. Uh, to me, he's either going in the first round or the fourth round. You know, I don't know if there's going to be much middle <laughs> ground. Um, he is up to 183, though. Like he did gain uh, about, you know, almost 10 pounds this offseason. So if he can keep doing that, that would be really good to your point. Um, just real quick, let's talk about two freshman quarterbacks uh, before we move on to running backs. We've got Sam Heward. Uh, from Washington, and then the aforementioned Ty Thompson of Oregon. Both guys were were highly recruited. Both both balled out in last year's Elite Eleven competition. Um, I obviously am a huge Ty Thompson fan. Really, really excited. I think I'm the one who has him. Um, he's our QB twenty over at Rotoviz. Um, Sam Heward is QB fourteen. I have no interest in Sam Heward uh, for like a college DFS or college fantasy or whatever, just because Washington doesn't throw the football. Uh, Jimmy Lake likes to run the ball. He likes to play slow. So I don't think he's going to put up insane numbers, but I think once we just say, we have no idea what Jimmy Lake likes. That's true. The one year that he coached was a COVID year. So of course he was, and they had like the weirdest season. I I don't think Jimmy Lake is magically going to become like this passing savant, but I do think that if we're judging Washington, it's hard to judge him off last year because what the heck was last year. So, um, yeah, no, that's I, I'm with you though. I, I would say of these two quarterbacks, I think it's a stylistic. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Spencer Rattler or do you prefer Sam Howell? Because I kind of think that's what you're looking at with these two types of players. Um, that's not true, but I know that that got under your skin a little bit because yeah. you know how I feel about Sam Howell versus no, um, I think Sam Heward's well, I'd probably also- a more talented well, I also think Howell is way more mobile than Heward. Like Heward had a hundred yards yeah. rushing in high school in his oh, career. Yeah. Like the dude just never ran, and that was in I Washington. Mean, we say that, but I mean, we say that, but C.J. Stroud was considered one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in his class. He had like two hundred career rushing yards, and his only meaningful play at Ohio State during his freshman season was a forty-eight yard touchdown run. Okay. So. Yeah. I, I do think that there's a little bit of we don't know fully how mobile a guy is when a guy just has a ridiculous arm in high school yeah. when he's just a good passer. He's going to torch high school defenses. So I, I'm with you. I think Heward's probably not a um, runner. I mean, it, who knows? he might end up being Kadan Slovis just in a less productive offense for that reason. Um, unless this dude just comes out and looks like Andrew Luck and is just like the prototype of all prototype quarterbacks. Heward's going to be continue to be a little bit further down my list of really interesting players because I like a little bit of mobility. I like that, that floor of, Hey, well he can do something. Um, So of the two, I don't actually know who I have ranked higher. And right now I can't access my Google drive because I'm afraid this computer will crash. Um, but I, I, if I were to guess, I think I probably have Heward higher, but that's probably like 10% to troll you. <laughs> I think I have him pretty close. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Ty Thompson, though. Yeah, you have Sam uh, Heward. I, you the, gave Sam Heward a, a, a score of 50, and you got Thompson down at 25 because you're an ass. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I actually just don't. Here's the thing. I don't have a high um, opinion. I think Ty Thompson is another one of those players that's probably very good. Uh Writing that he was the star at last year's Elite 11 competition is a nice little lie. He was like the fourth best quarterback in that uh, competition. Um, he won the competition. Fed, like from just. He didn't win the yeah, competition. No, because they have a bunch of like 
like if you look at just what happened over that weekend, he was the 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 number one performer for the weekend. But they put a bunch of other bullshit like stuff oh. in there. <laughs> He yeah. he won the he won the weekend. Okay, I have a friend who was sitting there, who I had a buddy who was sitting there at the competition. He had Ty Thompson not that high. Well, um, I'll I'll send so, him some some bifocals so he can uh, adjust his perceptions. Let's move yeah. on because we're uh, talking about Pac-12 quarterbacks for far too long. We have, we still have the SEC to get to. Uh, let's move on to running backs. Um, our number one ranked running back in the Pac-12, coming in at overall 24, uh, running back 11 for us, projected to go late day two, uh, maybe early day three uh, in the 23 NFL drafts. So you got to wait a while, is Arizona State's Diamante Tranum, uh, who you, again, kind of switched me on I feel to. like I did this to you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you you were talking him up before the year, and then that first game, he was looked explosive and super exciting. Of yeah. course, Rashad White is there as well, who also looked really good, averaging like something stupid, like 10 yards a carry. <laughs> uh, but Trainum has a nice, um, has a really nice recruiting profile. He was a number 23 running back in the 2020 class with a four-star ranking. Um, he's got the, the size at five, 511 220 and he had a great great year so uh what are some of your thoughts on train is he someone that you're uh looking to acquire given the fact that you do have to wait till 2023 and 2023 is not really a year that we're super excited about for running back 20 what 23 is a year i'm no, super excited what, about running no, back no but you've only got you well i guess you like zach evans more than i do to me it's it's super like you've got the, the three studs and then there's everyone else you've got Bijan, you've got tank and you've got gibbs and then it's kind of everyone else. Oh, I've I'm I have Evans higher than Gibbs. Um, I'm crazy. I love the 23 class. I think 23 is a year that you should be trying to trade into. I I think if you are a so where do you uh, think Tradem stacks up there then with those guys? I have I mean I don't again I can't look at my ranks uh, right now, but Tradem is a dude that I'm really high on. He was a high pedigree player out of Akron, Ohio. He was a guy that. Ohio you State are the highest really of all really us rankers on Trainum, by the way. Be. Yeah. Um, I he was a guy that Ohio State really did want. He was um he he basically chose Arizona State over Ohio State. And so weird decision, but good on him for making his making his call. Um I think he could very easily become like the fifth running back in the class. That's, you have him as the fifth running back him. in that class. I, I could also see him. I mean, the thing about the reason I love Evans is because I'm sort of projecting Evans to take on a pretty solid workload this year with uh, Barlow leaving. And, um, but if that doesn't happen, then train him as a guy that could rise. And I could also, truthfully, as much as I love Jameer Gibbs, I think Jameer Gibbs is, an, is a freak talent. He's also playing at Georgia Tech, right. where it's a problem. He is. He might just have some issues getting efficiency. He might look a lot like David Montgomery, who we're like film guys are like, oh my god, he's so amazing, he's so amazing. Look at he's doing everything by himself. And then we look down at his stat line and we're like, yeah, but it's just not that impressive. So train him as a guy that if he keeps up his efficiency and um, kind of shows his versatility, I do worry a little bit about him starting to get sniped for in the passing game because they did also in the same class that they brought him in, brought in a kid by the name of Daniel Nagata, who is um, really just more of a, a versatile like pass catching back than Trainum. I worry that 
Trainum gets kind of shut out of that aspect a little bit and that hurts his profile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably a little bit bullish on him. Uh, he is a guy that I would acquire because I think even though I have him so high, I think you can get him for cheaper. And that's kind of why I'm in on him. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. My, I mean, he's very good. I think he's proud. I think if you are paying anything less than like running back eight in the class price, then yeah, I mean, go for it. Cause he's a really nice lotto ticket and running back lotto tickets are always, a, always good. And he doesn't have, um, some of the buzz that some of the other guys have, like he's a little bit, he's flying a little bit under the radar still. Um, let's talk about uh, a dude, the last running back that I think is really worth talking about. Uh, he comes in as a running back 26 overall, Travis 76 now. Um, <laughs> Zach Charbonnet, uh, UCLA transferring in there. The reason I want to talk about him is I wrote up a piece on him uh, individually uh, before this one came out on like some some running back, late round running backs to stash in uh, like college to, Can- to Canton type leagues. Uh, the dude, like if you look at Rotoviz's freak score, um app you can you can kind of put in like their height their weight their speed stuff like that and kind of see where where he falls and he had a 90 score which is just absolutely crazy it's like right there with like guys like antonio gibson derrick henry adrian peterson so um his just at like his athletic profile like his build his speed has me really really excited i'm also excited because uh chip kelly chip kelly is returning like so many players on offense that uh, I think uh, the addition of Charbonnet could really be exciting. Uh, so, so I am hopeful. He also, of course, was um, an absolute uh, stud when it came to recruiting. He was the number four running back in this class with a, a composite score of 97, six uh, really high. So really like the guy. We know he had a bit of a dis, not a bit. He, he didn't get much playing time last year in Michigan. Um, but if he can see the touches, I think he could skyrocket up people's boards. Uh, to me, this is a buy low opportunity. I'm not recommending you draft him in a second round of a Debbie league by any means. Uh, but I do think the upside is pretty high. And to me, I, I think I worded it with Travis, like of all the play, like I think he could make the biggest jump, like from where he is now to where he could end the season, I think is one of the bigger jumps that we could see take place. I support that. I don't support acquiring him. I think he's not very good. I think he's a dinosaur. Dude. Uh, uh, he's not, he's not, a, he, he is a, he is a run downhill kind of back. He reminds me a lot of a Bo Scarborough type and sure that looks a lot, that looks really exciting and he had some pedigree, but he just hasn't looked good. We, we were calling for a breakout for him. I mean, I remember Jordan was still on this podcast. We were calling for his breakout. Time. <laughs> That's yeah. how long ago we really tried to give this guy an opportunity and it just didn't happen. And he just couldn't get workload. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think Hassan Haskins is an NFL back and Hassan Haskins took his lunch money. We shall, we shall see. I have him. Um, I have him real high. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, and I am the only one. So uh, he's definitely a, a player that uh, if he hits, I'm, I'm going to be able to be like, I told you all. Um, and when he doesn't hit, you can be like, Lico, you need to uh, you need to settle down uh, real quick. I do want to just mention um, Max Borgie was pretty exciting for people like a year or two ago. Um, 
if if you have any of him and you can get if you can trade him for anything, please do. I, I'm not interested in Max Borgie. Same with CJ Verdell, unfortunately. Um, I don't even think he's the best running back in Oregon. To me, that is Travis Dye. Travis Dye uh, probably won't get any draft capital, so he's not really worth talking about in this segment. Uh, but I do think uh, Travis Dye is a reason why CJ Verdell will also not get any draft capital because Dye is better. <laughs> um, I want to take one second to mention a freshman running back. Um, I'm sort of excited about Brandon Campbell going into um, USC. Um, he was a track track kid. I, I just like track athletes moving yeah. into running back, and I think that that's an opportunity. Um, we also just would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Keontae Ingram transferring right. to USC. Um, and the reason he didn't make the article is because he was outside of our top 100. I mean, he's not, he hasn't been very good, but I think that's an opportunity where if the offense is moving so efficiently through the air that teams aren't really defending the run very well, then yeah. he's going to have a lot of wide open spaces and might, honestly, his receiving profile might improve yep. a lot. So absolutely, I, I'm not high on it, either of them like enough to really acquire them, but they're both worth like watching. Yeah, if you have them, maybe don't trade them away. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, let's move on to wide receiver. There's not a whole lot to talk about here either, unfortunately. Uh, we have uh, a duo from USC. We've got Drake London and Brew McCoy that I think we should talk about. Uh, Drake London, a guy, I, I just moved him up in my rank, so he probably actually, uh, the numbers I'm about to give you probably are not accurate anymore from, from our overall rankings because I moved him up so much in my ranks. Uh, but we had him at wide receiver eight and number 22 overall. Drake London is six foot five, two ten. He is absolutely like he's just a monster. Um, one of the problems with him is just like he hasn't put up like a dominator rating that is like super exciting. I mean, he did have that. Uh, he he did break that point two threshold that we're looking for for a a, a breakout season. But because of you whoa, know whoa 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 whoa, whoa we whoa. do not have Rotoviz point two is not a breakout. Point three is a breakup. He had a season that means that he is a starting receiver and getting some level of production. I think I, I think I it's like this fight. I think it's different no. when you're talking about an air raid offense, though. No, it's not. I I am fine. If a player does not break out, I am fine with it not breaking out. Rotoviz will always stand by the fact that a point three dominated rating is way more statistically meaningful than a point two dominated rating. Because one of them is, uh, okay, this guy might get drafted. A point three is a pretty high sign that they're going to actually have yeah. some type of meaning in the NFL. And that's why I am hard pushing this. I, I, if you want to say that there's a point two with like market share receiving yards when they get it in like one of their first two years, I actually am okay with that if it's just receiving yards. But if we're going to lean on dominator rating and so many sites want to like push this point two dominator rating, I, I'm not going to name the sites, but there I, are I actually I actually read my piece wrong. I said I, I, I read too quickly because <laughs> I have it. I have my article pulled up. I actually wrote he has not yet had a true breakout season is what I wrote. Yeah. But his career dominator rating of point two uh, is encouraging is what I actually wrote. So my is, bad. I read he is wrong. A very good player. <laughs> but we both like Drake uh, London like a lot. Drake and, we both yeah. like Drake, Drake London's. He's a stud. I he. If you're put, he's right now in that same range as like a John Mechie type that we'll talk about here. I'm taking London over Mechie yeah. 100 times out of 100. 
Yeah. Um, and he's I actually he has real NFL upside. I just checked. He's number seven. We w- with my changes, he's moved ahead of Marvin Mims. So Drake London is number seven. And, and <gasps> I know. I'm, yeah, so, I personally am still I mean, hard, hard, higher on Mims, but um, I know you're I, not. I'm with you, but I'm not because I don't actually like Mims. Yeah. Um, I want to actually talk about his teammate. Yeah, let's talk um, about Brew. Drake London's great. I think he had a he had a couple of really big statistical gig, um, last year, so that's why everyone loved Drake London. Uh, Brew McCoy is my guy. Yeah. He was the number one athlete in his class. He was like a Real top. quick, real quick. He's our wide receiver 12, number 34 overall. Continue. Yes. He sat out um i like how you have medical redshirt it wasn't medical redshirt he just transferred like three times um so he he transferred to or he went to committed to usc requested to get out of his letter of intent went to texas and then went back to usc almost immediately because he got homesick yeah and he had to sit out his entire full freshman year um he is a ridiculous athlete he is upside i mean i I there was a play last year that we were watching and it was like some bobbled ball that just got popped up in the air and out of nowhere brew mccoy comes flying in and gets touchdown and it's just like oh okay so he can do some stuff um so the pedigree's there the athlete the we all will pretty much say he's going to be a guy that whenever he goes to the combine he's going to look like a freak yeah um we just need one season where he puts it together without Amon Ross St. Brown there. Now, like all that, like vacated production in college is very real. And I think that between London and McCoy, they're going to be the two guys that really fill the gaps. Um, so I, I think this is a big year for him. Um, yeah, I agree. So the only reason I have, um, I mean, I have him in, in, I think any college to Canton league, that I'm in, I think I have him. Like I have so much Brew McCoy and I couldn't be happier. Very excited about him. I think he's going to be absolutely electric. I do think he might stay for his senior year though. Probably. I actually don't think that's uh, so a terrible projection. So, um, so I, I, I that, while he's I eligible would. for 22, I think he actually uh, comes out in, in uh, 23. So um, let's uh, there, there's not much else to talk about as far as wide receivers go in the pack 12. We got a couple freshmen phenom, um, Karen Ware Hudson from USC, uh, I think has a potential to be really, really good. His former Oregon commit, uh, he, uh, he was, uh, at matter day. He's super, super talented. Um, he's a very, very high ceiling, uh, but it's going to be tough for him to get that market share that we, we like to see with the talent that there is in, uh, in South, uh, Southern California. Uh, so we'll just have to see what happens with him. The other guy is Troy Franklin, who, in all honesty, uh, one of the highest recruited or the highest recruited wide receiver for Oregon of all time. I'm actually a lot lower on him than most people. Um, I just think Oregon's office offense doesn't really lend itself uh, to having a true dominator um, type receiver. We just haven't seen it. Last time we saw a wide receiver in Oregon with over a thousand yards was with Dylan Mitchell. Um, and then before that, it was all the way back to 2013. So it just doesn't happen very often. It's not the style of offense they typically like to play. Um, and this is even with great quarterbacks like Mariota and Justin Herbert. Like it's just, uh, it, it'll be tough. So I'm not as high on Troy Franklin as some, but definitely name to, uh, to be aware of. Yes. 
All right, let's get over to this other conference that actually produces NFL talent. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Um, the SEC. You want to start with some quarterbacks? Yeah, and to be honest with you, it's a weird year. Um, we're going to go in order of the way that they're actually like projected right now in Debbie drafts and how everyone's picking. But the number one guy hasn't actually uh, ever played college football. Right, um, right. He's, he's our QB4. Matt Jones. Yeah. He and if you're drafting in college Canton leagues, if you're drafting in Devi leagues, he's like a top seven pick. Um, we have him tenth overall. Um, he was the number one rated quarterback by twenty four seven sports, so not he was behind DJ Wong DJ Uyangalele in the composite score during his high school year, but actually by twenty four seven sports, he was the top quarterback. They believed him to have, he was a little bit more ready to play the position. Um, you still haven't said his name. Bryce <laughs> Young? There you go. Uh, <laughs> there we go. He plays for Alabama and I hate him. Um, no, no I, I actually really like Bryce Young. My only concern with him when comparing him to DJ Uangale was basically I prefer to Uangale's size. Um and unfortunately for Bryce Young, that's who he's going to get compared to for his entire career because that's when you're basically side-by-side side in the rankings, that's what happens. He's very good. He would be – if and here's our little betting tip that Matt's going to slip in there. Bryce Young, um, you can still get him as like the second or third best odds. Yeah, you can get him at plus 800 for the Heisman. Oh, nice. He would probably be my pick um, for laying that bet just because uh, there's – the stat I was looking at, it was like 77% of uh, all Heisman Trophy winners come from someone who wins their conference. Well, Alabama's going to win their conference, so it gets him in the spot, and we think their offense is going to be pretty ridiculous, so he's going to have some of those numbers. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, he's a guy that I would really push that high, and I think right now is the best time to get his price, at least in that respect. So, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be really good. He has some mobility upside that you don't see from some of the other two quarterbacks on this list. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I don't know that. I actually tend to avoid him at the top of drafts, and it's why I tend to push myself down a little bit further in picks, and I kind of prefer picking towards the back half of the drafts than I do at the top because I don't necessarily want him. Um, But I think he has an upside. I think I have him like seventh overall. Um, in my ranks, so I can look since I'm looking on my phone now. Yes, I have him seventh. He is behind Garrett Wilson. That is the only one that I've kind of gone a little bit weirder than the consensus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have him w- right there with Tank and Chris Olave. So, yeah, I have him. I, I'm actually f- fairly bullish on him, um, but I do have him. You know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I have him seventh as well. So, but he is my QB three behind uh, DJ and Spencer. Uh, so I like Bryce Young quite a bit. I, I think you 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 covered most of the uh, most of the stuff about him. The, the number two quarterback um, from the SEC is JT Daniels. We have him as the QB nine, thirty uh, sixth player overall. I think JT Daniels. Uh, we both got pretty excited when he got to take over the reins at. Georgia halfway through the year last year 
But one of the big problems with him is he just doesn't do anything in the rushing game. And as you alluded to earlier, that's something that you you look for um, in your in your. When we're talking about fantasy, after all, we're not talking about um, anything other than that. <laughs> like so, from a fantasy perspective, you want those rushing yards. Like those are uh, are really important. And if you don't have a quarterback that runs, you're kind of uh, needing him to be uh, elite at the passing uh, side of things. And and JT Daniels showed flashes of that. There's there's a reason we have him this high. But I do wonder if the ceiling. Um, like the ceiling just can't be as high as some of these other guys who who offer the mobility. Uh, so I, I think that's the one knock on JT Daniels is just that he doesn't move around a lot. But um, I'm excited to see what he can do for Georgia this year. And it's really a, a shame that Pickens won't be there for most of the year, if not all the year, because the two of them would have been a really fun uh, dynamic uh, combo there for uh, for fantasy purposes. Um, Gilbert coming into Georgia will be interesting. That'll help him. He does have some 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 good weapons on offense. It's not like Georgia doesn't recruit well. So, um, I mean, let's be clear. 98% of all college football teams would kill for uh, Georgia's wide receiver room. Right. So for as bad as like we typically like kill their passing game, they've got absurd talent in there. Um, we'll talk about at least one of their guys. I'm sure he mentions um, JT Daniels is really good. I think he's better than Kadan Slovis. Uh, I think that USC went with the wrong guy. And uh, I'm hoping now that his knee is a little bit, I, I was looking up to see his like rushing stats at USC, hoping like, oh, well, maybe he was okay at USC and he wasn't. Nope, he had negative 150 yards his freshman year. So, yeah, those sacks will um, get you. Yeah, he's, um, we'll see. Uh, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for quarterbacks that reclassify. I say that as a guy who just said that the worst thing to happen to Ohio State is Quinn Ewers potentially reclassifying, but whatever. Um, I, I, I always like quarterbacks that like start when they technically could be a high school senior. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he puts up another productive year. At least this time we know when he'll finally get the reins, which right. was different than last year. Yeah. The uh, guy I'm actually really excited to pivot for – uh, this this season, the one that I think is if you're in Debbie drafts and he seems like and he's sitting there and you need a lotto ticket quarterback because you're getting a little bit old, but you just can't like you have to invest in like B. John Robinson at the very top. Um, Matt Corral, uh, he so his numbers last year, he had basically like two bad games. And if you that sixth interception game against Arkansas, <laughs> yeah, like if you oh, pull man. those games out, he actually looked pretty absurd. Um, his numbers would be basically be as well or as hot, as good as anyone else in the conference, and we probably would be putting him at the top of the consideration for the class of 2022. But he did, he is, he's a little bit reckless, he's a little bit farvish, um, and he's got some, he does have some mobility upside. So I'm a I'm a big fan of Matt Corral. I do think that he's a guy that could see a stock rise pretty substantially, but he's another one of those guys that could be top 10. Okay, so, so right now you have JT Daniels, who you didn't sound too high on, uh, ranked ahead of Matt Corral in your personal rankings. Yep. Do you need to switch that? Yep. Probably. Oh. I, I mean, I think they're probably need to be closer than I have them. I mean, you only have like six points G- apart. It's pretty close. I, so I am just coming around on Matt Corral. I'm late to the party on him. Uh, to be honest, I have a, a good friend named Adam Lewis who has been showing me the light on Matt Corral. Um, JT Daniels, while I am a fan of his, 
he needs to keep slipping in my ranks because of the lack of rushing. Um, and because part of the reason why I've had him so high and why I've held him up so high is largely because of the fact that I have liked him since he was a freshman. I felt like he kind of got done dirty at USC. And those aren't really reasons to keep a guy high up your ranks. Um, uh, so I, I probably do need to have them probably side by side. I would, and if I were sitting in a draft, I think I have a difficult time pulling a trigger on JT Daniels over Matt Corral right now. So I, I, that's probably something I'm about to do a, a pretty sizable update on my ranks in the next two to three weeks. And as that happens, that'll be one of the switches that probably comes first. Yeah. Cause yeah, no, that, I think that makes sense. Um, Patrick is pretty high on him. Uh, uh, Curtis Patrick, that is, sorry. Uh, he's pretty high on him. Um, but yeah, you and I are a little bit lower than, than Travis and uh, Curtis, but it sounds like you um, aren't as low as your number says. That'll be changing. So that's, that's really good to know. Um, let's move on to running back here. I mean, I still have him as a top four round Debbie pick. Right. And then, right. So it's not like I have him like as You're not, terrible. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about running backs, um, SEC. I mean, this is running back country here. Uh, let's talk SEC. the uh, SEC. our our fourth overall player, the RB three, uh, Tank Bigsby of Auburn. Dude uh, balled out as a freshman last year. Um, he's got the size that you want for a running back. It looks like he's going to uh, just continue to have that market share um, that we want. I mean, as a freshman, we saw him really uh, take over games as well. Um, I don't think Bo Nix is going to be uh, doing a whole lot with his arms, so they will be relying on <laughs> Tank to run the football. Uh, I don't know if there's much really to say about Tank Bigsby because we're all so high on him. Um, the only players that we have ahead of him right now are Bijan Robinson and Brees Hall, like that aren't quarterbacks. So uh, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, if you if you can't get one of those first two, Tank Bigsby's the next guy up, right? Yeah, I'm going to just put this out there. Travis is wrong. Um, I love Travis. Travis is a good friend of mine. Travis has had in his head that Tank's big, Tank Bigsby was the number one running back in the class of 2023 since he was like a junior in high school. Travis is wrong. Bijan Robinson Bichon. is better than him. Yeah. Bijan averaged like nine yards a carry last year. Bijan was absurd, and they just kept not giving him the ball. And then Bijan Robinson fell on his neck. We all thought he died. And somehow he just popped up and was like, oh, no, guys, I'm totally fine. I have like a minor stinger. I'll yeah. be playing next week. Bijan Robinson is the number one running back in that class. It should not be considered close. Tank Bigsby is very, very good. And he'll be will the number two running back in that ton. class. And he can be the number two. And yeah. if you can't get Bijan, get Tank. But right. We have Tank. We have Tank at fourth overall because Travis has him at number two overall or something like that. Well, I mean, Travis is wrong. I mean, we're we're all super high. Like, yes, I have him eight. Okay, I am lower than the consensus because I have him eight. Yeah, yeah, it's why I'm making a hard line stance because I have him four slots lower, and as a total score, I think I have him like two points different. So yeah, no, at the top, it's all very. It's all very good. <laughs> These are all very good players. Uh, next guy, Isaiah Spiller. We have him as the RB5, um, number 14 overall. So right there in the beginning of that second round. You, I'm curious because Isaiah Spiller is a guy we've talked about so much on the show over the years. Um, 
And he's a guy that you like, yeah, he dominates against bad teams, not very good against good teams. What do you think? Do you still think that's true for Isaiah Spiller? Are you changing your mind a little bit on him? Where are you right now with this guy? Because you are actually I, you are actually the high guy on Isaiah Spiller between between the four. You of know us. why? Here's the reason why. Because I'm coming around on the fact that the class of 22 class is not good. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like Brees Hall very much. Oh, I love I, him. It's weird. I probably should. I don't like Brees Hall. I as much as I like. I, I'm just gonna pull up have my ranks in front of me while I say this. As much as I like Jerion Ely, the player, and watching him, I, I don't see him getting capital. Um, I don't like Kyron Williams as a football player. Um, Travis, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> There's a theme right now, I'm feeling. No, I actually do. All the players I'm listing right now, I do like, but from a perspective of like, I could if there is a running back in this class that I, I actually am going to bet on becoming a success in the NFL, it's probably Isaiah Spiller. He just has, he has what you are looking for, and he has been incredibly productive in the SEC. Saying this whole lot, the thing that he, Travis writes in his article, that he predominantly does it against SEC competition, we do need to understand that there is a difference between Vanderbilt. Right, and Georgia. And Georgia. Yeah. And that writing is a little bit, skewed i think spiller is very good i think he's going to get day two capital and i would bet on him having a career where he has a running back two season in his career at least one and that's that's honestly it's about as good as i can say about most of the class of 22 so from i somehow i I don't know how i end up the highest on him to be honest with you i just kept moving him up because i felt like i needed to and somehow he became my guy. So we can move on to players I actually like more. Um, but yeah, I like Isaiah Spiller as a, I have to like him because I feel like I have to put him that high. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, the next guy, you, you, you already mentioned him. Uh, we have him at running back 10, 23rd overall, and that's Jerion Ely of Ole Miss, followed by Kevin Harris of South Carolina. He's our RB 11 and 29th overall. They are both eligible uh, for the 2022 NFL draft. Um, I think the big knock on Ely is his size at 5'9", 190, a little small. But, I mean, um, we've seen running backs at that size do it before. Like, Philip Lindsay was fine. Um, Obviously, like, things, he got kicked out of Denver, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Kevin Harris is South Carolina's offense. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Marshawn Lloyd takes over more of the workload there or not. That's TVD. Um, where do you kind of stand on these two? Do you think that the uh, 23rd overall and 29th overall, and uh, like, do you think that's kind of right for these guys end to beginning, end of the second, beginning of the third round in Debbie uh, startups for, for Ely and Harris, respectively? Here's the thing. I'm probably too low on Harris, mostly because South Carolina is low on Harris. Like as much as like they were looking at his production and seeing this, South Carolina wanted Marshawn Lloyd to be the guy. They Let's be abundantly clear. They wanted Marshawn Lloyd to be their superstar running back that they were building their entire team around. And then he got hurt. And then Kevin Harris dominated because that team was just really reliant upon somebody in the running game doing it because the, they were just anemic on offense. So 
I I think he's very good. Um, I'm probably too low on him. I need to move him up my ranks. To be honest with you, he started out like a hundred, and I think now he's in like my top. Yeah, I have him at thirty eight right now. Um, I probably need to push him up into that fringe top thirty. He's probably I would say you should feel pretty confident taking Kevin Harris in the top three rounds. He's good. Um, but I just I. I really struggle with players that the team was trying to push out the way. Um, even if maybe it wasn't justified, it, it's always weird to me when the coach is trying to say, we really would prefer if this guy was our starter. Um, as for Ely, I don't know. He's so good. Like when I watch him play football, he's so good. He plays a lot bigger uh, than 5'9", 190 too. Like he's, he doesn't look like that, but my issue with him is, I think he's going to get onto an NFL team and be a change of pace back. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like if you're a zero running back guy, Jerry O'Neilly is a dude you should be stashing. He will be all kinds of fun and definitely useful to sit in your lineup on weeks when you're like, not when you're early in the year and you do not have players. Ely will be a dude. I just worry that he's never going to get a chance to carry the ball more than seven times a game. Yeah. And then he'll get four catches. Yeah. I think him and Naheem Hines are the same height and weight and they're probably, (laughs) it's probably going to be similar. And Hines, and to be honest, Hines is a whole lot faster. Um, So yeah. So I mean, I like both of them. Uh, Of the two, I'm taking Ely just because I, I think he's a little bit more known commodity and, Dude was a high pedigree prospect. So, yeah. But, uh, running back is just, a, it's a weird dead position. So, let's go to fun ones. Positions or players? <laughs> what are you well, I was saying running backs. I actually yeah. think, so the 2023 running back class, if, so you were talking about like, oh, it's, it's bad, it's gross. Guys we have not mentioned yet are Demarcus Bowman, who transferred to Florida after leaving Clemson, right. and Kendall Milton, yep. who is at Georgia. Kendall Milton's biggest knock is that he very well might go to the NFL Combine and run like a 4-7. And if that does happen, it's obviously going to kill his capital somewhat. But with that being said... I also, I'm also i also afraid of the market share he'll get at Georgia with all, that, all those running backs they have there. But with that being said, we're talking about a guy who did actually see the field yeah. as a freshman. He It wasn't a ton, but in a year where most teams probably were just shying away from using freshmen because they didn't... They, the weird thing about 2020's year is that you didn't have cupcakes. Like No one had cupcake ones where they were really blowing teams out, and you're like, oh, well, let's just go throw in the backups and let them do something. Um, and so Kendall Milton is a guy that got on the field last year a little bit. I, I do think that he he's coming in and doing something this year, but yeah, I think he he's a guy I'm probably fading in Debbie drafts right now. If only because I think his stock price will be lower at this time in 12 months from now than it is right now. So I'm probably fading him because I just think he's a bad investment. Um, sure. Bowman on the other hand is super interesting. Um, he was, I believe, a top three, excuse me, top three running back in his class coming in. Um, top three running back in his class and really did look like he was going to be the guy at Clemson. Uh, I think 
Travis wrote that he got impatient. I don't think that's what happened. I'm pretty sure he was a hometown. He's from Florida, and he just wanted to go back home. Um, Florida's a weird backfield. If you look at their running backs, none of them look like they should be full-fledged, like, bell cow backs. And Bowman might be the closest one to it. The only knock on Bowman is that Mullen doesn't play the young guy if there is an option and to play an Pierce older guy. And still there. And Pierce is still there, so I don't know how much Bowman is going to see this year. So I would probably... He's a dude I'm buying because I think you can get him super cheap right now. Yeah. And I do think his stock might rise when he looks like a dude. So I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, Curtis is higher on him than me, but I, I've got him pretty high. I'm, I have, I, I'm pretty high on Bowman, but, but I'm also You're probably low on him. I, I'm also the type of dude like recruiting pedigree matters a lot to me. Uh, and especially yeah. if there's like change of environment, like we see with Zach Charbonnet. So like he's a guy I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna highlight him because, uh, given the right opportunity, he could just skyrocket. I know there's some other good players. Uh, read Travis's article. There's a lot of good stuff. Let's move on to wide receiver though, just for the sake of time, because uh, we're already over an hour and there's still maybe we still have wide receiver to get to. Um, our wide receiver number six, our 16th player overall, is a player who may not even play this year uh, with his He's not ACL. Is that been confirmed? Is he is he definitely not no, going to play? No, it's a torn ACL. Uh, he tore it in, I believe it was like April. Um, he's not playing this year. Okay, he I does play this year. Because I listen to a it. shit ton of podcasts and so many of them like, yeah, once Pickens starts playing. And I'm like, because I, I also didn't think he probably would play. But then everyone talks about he him. He has like, a torn he is, ACL. But- he's, not com- he's not coming back this year. And I'm sorry if anyone really believes that George Pickens is going to be this freak of a player that just shows up. Do you, think he'll, do you think he'll declare for the 22 draft, or do you think he'll come back uh, for a senior year? I think year? he is – I think – I don't know. I, yeah, I, it's speculation. Yeah, But yeah, he did would, post a 30% dominator he, rating, so there you go. He should. Yeah. It was absurd. And there, the reason George Pickens was – so the way we all feel about Kayshawn Boutte right now, who – hold the phone – we're reading, we're reading the SEC's preview, and the number one wide receiver isn't listed. Okay, so Travis made a big oopsie and <laughs> forgot the number one wide receiver. Um, but so the way we all feel about Kayshawn Boutte right now is how we felt about George Pickens after his freshman year. Um, his numbers are absurd. He broke the model. He was a guy that immediately should have been taken in the first round. And then last year happened when they tried to roll out Stetson Bennett and they tried to roll out Dwan Mathis and they couldn't pass. Right. And so I think if George Pickens, I think truthfully, because of the fact that he had a not amazing last year, George Pickens probably has to return to school for a senior year, which should, if, if you're an analytics person, it should hurt his stock just a smidge because fourth year players it statistically do not do as well. And historically that matters. Yeah. Um, but he's really good. The reason we haven't met wide receiver six is because of that freshman year and because breakout age and all those things really do matter. And his peak year is going to be amazing. So let's move. I mean, do you have much more to say about him? No, 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 not at all. I, I, I think I was going to say uh, Jer- Jermaine Burton, his teammate, we have him now at uh, number 15. Um, 
wide receiver 15, uh, number 41 overall after my update. Uh, moved him up quite a bit because uh, I had forgotten to put him in my rankings at first. <laughs> but Jermaine Burton's going to get an opportunity to play with Pickens down. Um, what do you think of, about him? I know, I, I know you're you're a you're a pretty. I mean, you're not as high as uh, some of the other people, but I, I think you like Jermaine Burton quite a bit. I mean, he would be a top fifty player for me overall. He's a um, high pedigree player that is walking into a. Um, He's walking into a very good situation. Production hasn't been there yet, but the reason why he is consensus top 50 across the board is just because you know he's the leader. Like the other guy in that room is like Marcus Roseme um, and probably their tight end. Karis, and Karis, so, but yeah. I mean, yeah, guy that I told you after week two was bad um, last year. I, I think that team's, I think they're good. But I think that he's he's probably walking into a situation where he's the alpha in a good room. And I, I think that's worth mentioning. I need to hate on one player for a second. John Mechie isn't good. Yeah, I was on top of him a good next. football player. We have John Mechie um, as our wide receiver 13, number 36 overall. Uh, you are, oh, Curtis Patrick's the low guy on him. But you're right there with him. Um, none of us are super, super high on Mechie. I think all of us are a little bit lower than the industry, which... Um, I think is correct. So, so yeah, here, take it away. Here's my issue with John Mechie. So everyone right now is trying to tell me how John Mechie is amazing. He's so good. He's going to be the number one guy in this room. Let's make something abundantly clear. There was a 23-year-long streak of a wide receiver not winning the Heisman Trophy. The reasoning was because you have to put up absurd video game numbers to outshine your quarterback. John Mechie was the number two wide receiver yep. on a team where the co- wide receiver put up such video game numbers because they just funneled him the ball because they didn't have anyone else. And you can say, oh, well, that's because Devonta Smith was so good that you just had to get him the ball. And yeah, I think that's a it's a credit to, to uh, Devonta Smith. But let's be very clear. Jalen Waddell was getting targets. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Waddle was right there and was getting targets. So if you're trying to say that John Mechie is just the next guy in the line, just understand that Alabama last year had the opportunity to show that he was going to be that guy when he was going to take over, and they didn't throw him the ball. They kept going to everyone else. They tried to make Slade Bolden the thing That's last year. right. That's John right. John Mechie is so bad. Um, and now we just because Travis forgot to mention him, Kayshawn Butte is the number one wide receiver. Um, probably should be the number one wide receiver in all of Debbie. Well, we have um, him as four behind Wilson, Olave, and Bell, but the number one in the SEC for sure. We, yeah, but we so have Kayshawn Butte had a ridiculous freshman year. Um, my guess is that Travis didn't write a ton about him, and he wrote a lot about a lot of other players, and Blair had to cut down on some of this. Right. Um, but Kayshawn Butte is a dude. Go and acquire him, but he's expensive right now, so maybe wait. And hope that LSU starts off bad. Yeah, let's, um, there's let's, a lot of freshmen. Though. Yeah, let's talk about. Well, you mentioned Mechie. Uh, let's talk about Alabama. Let's talk about these guys. So we've got three freshman wide receivers from Alabama ranked between wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 25. We've got uh, in this order: Ajay Hall, Jacory Brooks, and JoJo Earl. Um, I <laughs> and there's also and the guy that we don't have ranked that high. 
but I, I do have some film guys that love him is Christian Leary, who is also a true freshman. Sure, they brought yep. in four true freshmen this year. Um, Ajayi Hall is probably the, the reason why he's ranked wide receiver 20 right now and why he's probably for most people, the wide receiver one in the class of 2024 is because of his spring game. He went out and had a huge spring game. He had four receptions for 72 yards. Um, and Nick Saban has talked him up as a guy that's already going to get some work this year. I think he looks really good. I, I think that because of that, it is turning a guy that I sort of prefer, Ja'Cory Brooks, into a value. And if I were looking to acquire an Alabama player right now, I would be pushing for Ja'Cory Brooks, who was basically in all rankings things, Ja'Cory Brooks was almost a 1B more so than he was a 2 to a Mekak Buka, um, who was the number one overall receiver in the class. Ja'Cory Brooks despite being, I'm pretty sure he's like five foot nine. He's not a big dude. That's not true. Whatever. I'm, I'm remembering that wrong, but Ja'Cory Brooks was, um, a, a very good player, but he got dinged up a little bit in spring. And so I actually think that when he gets back to full speed, he's going to be the one that eventually blows up out of this bunch. So Ja'Cory Brooks is the one that I would be pushing to acquire of this because I think his value right now is about as low as it's ever going to be. Yeah. It's funny because I think depending on who you talk to within like um, the road of his team, I think we each have a different Alabama receiver that we prefer. And, and my guy right now is Jojo Earl. I know he's getting a late start because he has, he, he was a late enrollee, uh, but I really, really like him. Uh, he's a really s- strong route runner. Uh, he's very good hands He's not very big. He's only like 5'10", 170. I think he'll, you know, I think he'll add some more weight. Maybe not. But he, uh, he's yeah, he, he's strong. He's fast. Um, I think he's going to be um, an, an early round pick. Uh, so Jojo Earl is is my guy from these. But I, I think to your point, um, <laughs> unless you feel strongly about it, get, get whichever one falls to you. Like, don't be the first yep. one to grab one of these freshmen. Uh, because it really is kind of a crapshoot. And like you said, like we've never even seen um, we've never even seen Bryce Young throw a football in college. So we don't even know what this uh, experiment in Alabama is going to look like. So it'll be very interesting. But but I am very excited okay. about uh, Jojo Earl. Uh, but um, to your point, I, I think uh, uh, right now might be a good time to try to get um, a Jacory Brooks or someone like that because he, uh, he he might be a little bit cheaper at the moment. Yeah, I I'm with you. I and let's just let's take another step with that. Uh, if I'm actually playing in like campus to camp leagues or CFF leagues or DFS leagues, the Alabama receiver that I might actually be the highest on is their tight end Jaleel Billingsley. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's taken me a while to come around on him because I just don't think he's a tight end. I think he's a wide receiver that plays the tight end position. So, yeah, because you 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 uh, give me a little bit of shit about my high ranking of Billingsley a couple months ago. I but. I'm not a fan of him. Really, I mean, I'm I'm pushing him up because the, I mean, tight end is so bad. Yeah. Um, just across the board nationally, I think tight end's a really bad position. Um, but if you're playing as someone who's currently like trying to draft college leagues at the moment. Jaleel Billingsley is one of my favorite targets because he isn't super duper expensive, right. but there's a decent chance that 
Jaleel Billingsley's getting huge volume because, as we established, none, none of us think John Mechie's very good. Jamison Williams just got to campus a week ago. I mean, it's been like two months, but Jamison Williams just got to campus, and realistically, he's just a deep threat. All of these other guys are freshmen. Slade Bolden doesn't know how to get uh, to his own house because he's bad at football and dumb. I'm sorry, Slade. I shouldn't take shots at you, but no, you you're not listening, and I don't know why I'm talking to you like you are. Um, <laughs> if he uh, was listening, he just turned it off. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley is probably the guy that gets funneled a lot of volume this year because they kind of know what he is, and he yeah. is actually pretty talented. He had moments when he probably was um, the second best receiver on the team last year. So I, I'm a big believer in him as a college production guy. So he is a guy that I think should be stacked in DFS lineups a lot this year, because I don't think he's going to be the most expensive guy. Um, but then the actual tight end in the LSU or in the SEC conference that we, I mean, we have to mention is Eric Gilbert. Who and it's, might be a wide receiver, because, we're not sure. <laughs> I don't know what he is anymore. He's playing yeah. wide receiver at Georgia. So yeah. uh, if he manages to stay a tight end and get drafted as a tight end, the dude was the number, I think, eight prospect in his high school class. Yeah. He was the number one tight end prospect. He was probably the best per- – I mean, he looked at moments like the best receiver at LSU last year. It was just a – it was weird. Um, I I genuinely don't know that this kid's ever attended a college class, which is why he's not at Florida. Um, but I, I, I kind of don't know that I care because whatever. You do you, Eric. Yeah. Um, and for a tight end, we have him at 33rd overall, even though he's not eligible until 2023. So, yeah, Tight end is gross. Um, yeah. Tight end is very gross. And... I think he has the highest upside if he stays at tight end. If he is a receiving, if he is a pure just receiver, I ding him probably down to a fourth round pick level player, like somewhere in that mid fourth round, if only because the value with him is because tight end sucks. Right. Um, so I, I like Eric Gilbert. Uh, I will never not like him as a prospect. Um, but I do think that if he if he loses tight end eligibility, oh, it's disappointing. We, for you sure. just have to ding him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, well, that is why we stuck to two conferences and not tried to shove a third one out. Yeah, I was um, thinking maybe we should just do one. <laughs> no, it's good. We had to talk um, a little bit about the uh, the SEC expansion at the top. Uh, but I think it's good. I mean, like I said, subscribe to Rotoviz because you can find all these articles. Uh, you can find links to other articles where we go into more depth on certain individual players. Um, Matt's article should be coming out later this week on the Big Ten. Um, I'm working on the ACC one as we, well, not as we speak, but before we were speaking and later tonight, I will be working on the ACC. Uh, I know Travis has a couple more coming out as well. So, so do be looking for those. Um, this is the time that you really want to be diving in deep to this. Cause, uh, if you have a little bit of information on some of these, uh, like not the top name guys, like the first round, everyone knows is when you get to that second, third, fourth, fifth round, you want to have an edge on your competition and Rotoviz is the place for that. So, so do be checking these out. Uh, we have a lot of great content for you over, um, at the Debbie side of things here on the Rotoviz um, website. Of course, you can also, uh, listen to our podcast. We're coming back to you weekly now. 
uh, with these previews. Um, you can find me over on College to Canton. I, I'm doing one of those shows a week, and, and, and Travis is doing one now, too. So we've got two episodes a week coming for you there. So there's a lot of Debbie content for you here at Rotoviz. So so do be um, looking at all that. Matt, what do you? What else do you have for us before uh, before we take off? Follow me on Twitter at WispyTheKid. Yeah, and you can find also me at StayFunLaCo. Oh, also, uh, subscribe to this, follow this podcast wherever you're listening. Uh, leave us a rating and review. That always helps. You know to do all those things. I'm sure you've already done it, but do all that. We do appreciate it. Follow him at WispyTheKid on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, Chris Alave. We'll get to talk about him probably next week when we we look at the, uh, the Big Ten. Uh, so uh, we'll probably have to... Uh, dedicate two and a half hours to that episode because Matt will want to talk about Ohio State, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you soon. We appreciate you as always. Um, We are a month away from college football. I can't wait. It is beautiful. Let's go.